There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Tony Dungy spends the day at One Buck Place before his press conference for the Ring of Honor. We'll tell you what he told the Bucks team when he spoke to them on Tuesday morning and just his reaction uh, to that prestigious honor. Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Bucks quarterback, their starter for the first three games, takes the day off. What's up with that? And the Bucs arrive in Tennessee. I am here in Tennessee, and we'll bring you all uh, the reports during the week with the joint practices with the Titans as well as their game on Saturday. The talk, the focus, well, you can bet it's going to be on Jameis Winston versus Marcus Mariota. And the Rays lose 4-1 to of the Yankees. They begin that series uh, despite some good efforts on the mound. J.A. Happ, however, was much better. One-hit shutout through seven innings. So the Rays lose in Yankee Stadium. Not much of a good effort for them. And now we know the player to be named later from the Pirates deal for Chris Archer. He's a good one. Shane Boz, a pitcher, the 12th overall pick in 2017. We'll talk about all that and more on Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. Before we get started, let me tell you about a special offer from Audible.com. Sign up now and you get a free 30-day trial. That's a $15 value. And as a listener to this podcast, you also get a free audiobook. Here's what you do. Go to audibletrial.com slash sportsday. That's spelled A-U-D-I-B-L-E trial.com slash sportsday for a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook. So, Steve, I am in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, home of the Grand Old Opry and uh, country music everywhere. So... Country music isn't necessarily my thing, but I love Nashville. It's really grown. This city is great. It's amazing and, uh, how that town has changed over the last. Oh my 15, goodness! 20 I came years. Yeah, I mean, I came back 15 years ago. Um, well, no, more than 15 years ago. 20 years ago, when I was covering the University of Florida, um, and um, you know, would come here for Vanderbilt games on occasion. But of course, now with the Titans, and uh, uh, this is known now as Nash Vegas. You know, mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, it's got an, an incredible strip of uh, of country uh, music places and and honky tonks and you know p- you got country singers in the airport and in the lounges and it's just it's really cool but um, but yeah it's kind of neat to be here in, in you got the uh, predators too who are really good really good really team. gone crazy for them the last few years they have and they've been they've been right on the cusp uh, of winning a Stanley Cup so yeah it's uh, it's a big town big time city now uh, in, in the south and. Uh, it, let me just say, it's not any cooler up here than it is in Florida. Although, man, I, I'm telling you, on Tuesday, you talk about just kind of a sticky day in Tampa. One of the one of the kind of the grossest days when you have the combination of the high humidity and the heat. And then I come to Nashville thinking, well, maybe we'll get a couple. Nah, still humid, <laughs> still really hot, probably less of a breeze. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, just how they're able to. Uh, navigate practice of course the bucks have an indoor facility i'm told the titans have a bubble as well um, but if they get weather of some kind and there is forecasted some thunderstorms uh, you know could come through in the area even though they're practicing early 
um, that kind of throws out the whole joint practices because it's not big enough um, you know, to accommodate two teams at once. So what they would do in that case is they'd have to split practices and you know, do their own individual practice at different times, which just defeats the purpose of them being up here. But uh, anyway, that's, that's sort of the way it's going to go. We'll talk about more about the Bucks and, uh, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, why he didn't play uh, much uh, on Tuesday and um, just what's going on with them as well as Marcus Mariota and James Winston. But first, uh, Tony Dungy, the coach, was a one-buck place. He was there bright and early uh, before his press conference, which was around 1 o'clock for the Ring of Honor. And, uh, you know, obviously he's a very decorated coach. He's a Hall of Fame, Pro Football Hall of Fame coach, went in uh, to the Hall of Fame in 2016, I believe, and uh, is already a guy that's in the Ring of Honor for the Indianapolis Colts. Now he gets this honor after the Hall of Fame. And, you know, there's always some discussion about uh, just, you know, the ring of honor and, and the order in which, you know, the Glazer family selected players and, and coaches uh, to go in there. And uh, I remember, you know, a year ago when, when John Gruden was, uh, was, you know, the first coach since, since John McKay uh, to be elected and, and, and um, inducted into the ring of honor. Um, a lot of people, I mean, I don't know a lot of people, but people thought, well, you could have gone chronological. You could have, you could have put Dungey in first because he changed the culture. You know, he he created the you know help help brand the Tampa two with Monty Kiffin, and it was that defense that was superior and elite and one of the best of all time that you know sort of led the charge to the Super Bowl with John Gruden in two thousand and two. Um, but at the time, and then he said it again on Tuesday that no, John should have gone in first, and uh, he believes that because. John won the Super Bowl, and that's, as he put it, that's the crowning achievement, uh, and that's what you celebrate above and beyond everything else. Um, So, you know, Tony's not one, obviously, to be bitter about anything, and and this is his time now. Um, A lot of players were back. It was good to see, uh, you know, guys coming back and and celebrating the coach and, um, you know, just – you know, we talked a little bit yesterday about how awkward it was uh, of an ending, but I think what, what Tony Dungy wanted to emphasize was at a time when he could not get a head coaching job in this league. Uh, and Brian Glazer talked about, or Joel, I think it was Brian. Was it Brian? Yeah, it was Brian Glazer talked about this, how, um, you know, that Malcolm Glazer, his dad, and them were, were focused on finding a guy who could change the culture. Uh, and Tony came in here and had – you know, a big task ahead of him with a team that had had double-digit losses for like 12 straight seasons and no playoffs for at least that long um, and had one losing season, Steve. The only losing season he had in his entire coaching career, I think, which was 12 or 13 years, was his first season as head coach with the Bucks when they went 6-10, and 10, and they were 1-8 and eight and wound up winning five of their last seven games. And you could tell at the end of that 96 season that this was going to be a team that was going to be going to turn the corner and be reckoned with. And sure enough, in 97, um, you know, they wound up going 10 and six after I think a five and zero start and they beat the Detroit lions in a home playoff game, which had not happened in like 18 years. Um, you know, and that was a wild card game. And then they lose to green Bay 21 to seven in a divisional playoff. But um, you know, that, that sort of have began the run of uh, you know, four out of six years of playoffs uh, under Tony. So, a lot to talk about, a lot to celebrate there. Here's what Tony Dungy had to say upon, uh, you know, uh, getting this 
uh, award and, and, and anticipating what's going to happen uh, at, at halftime of the Monday night game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team that he began his NFL career with as a safety. Wow. Um, just have to say it's awesome to be here. It's a special day for me. I got a chance to come here this morning and speak to the team right here. Uh, got a chance to watch practice and just think about what has happened in the last 22 years. And uh, for Brian to stand here and read some of those things off, uh, it just brings some unbelievable memories. And uh, we were having lunch just a few minutes ago, Brian, Darcy, and Brian Ford and I. And Darcy asked about, what, what do you remember? What are those special moments? And there, there were a lot of them, but I remember just coming here and talking to Mr. Glazer and saying, we, we want to get our team connected back to the city. We want to get people excited about the Buccaneers again. We want our guys to be part of the community and doing things right. And by the way, we want to win. And to see that come to fruition, it, it's been amazing. Um, you think about coaching a winning season, you think about getting to the playoffs, you think about getting to the Super Bowl, all those things that you, you hope and dream about. Um, it, it's not even in your mind to go in the ring of honor. Um, it's an awesome, awesome tribute and honor for myself and my family. I'm, I'm proud of that and I'm grateful. Uh, I thank God that I got a chance to come here and I'm thankful for the, the people that I came in contact with. Had some tremendous players, uh, some of them here today, and I obviously wouldn't be standing here without those guys, so I'm, I'm appreciative of them. Uh, but it starts really with the relationship you have with the people you work with and work for. And that started with Mr. Glazer and went all the way down through. Brian didn't mention one of the biggest moments uh, was my first year when we were 0-5 and uh, he and Joel came and said they wanted to take me out to lunch. They needed to see me and uh, I was not expecting uh, anything but the worst at that point. We hadn't done the things that we had hoped to do and things hadn't turned out well on the field and we went to lunch and they said we see the progress we're making. We just want you to know we're 100% behind you. That was one of the, the greatest moments of my time here, knowing that uh, we were in it together, we were in it for the long run, and you had the support of the people who uh, worked with you. And it, it was just an awesome time being here. My family, uh, our kids have grown up here. Uh, we've gotten connected with the community. People ask me now, where, what's my hometown? And even though I was born in Jackson, Michigan, you know, my hometown is Tampa, and that's what you, what you hope for. It's been very, very special, and the night of the 24th is going to put a cap on things. Uh, when I think of the Buccaneers Ring of Honor, I've said it a few times, uh, I think of Leroy Selman. That was the, the first name up there, and to me, that's what Buccaneer football is all about. A uh, special person on the field and a special person off the field, and he set the bar very high um, because uh, to be enshrined with, with him and what he represented for this franchise in this city uh, is very special and unique. So I'm honored and uh, 
thankful and grateful for this and looking forward to the 24th. And uh, can't thank the, the Buccaneers and the Glazer family enough. Now, I had a chance to, to talk to Tony a little bit before practice and then again after practice. Uh, he was out fairly early. He had a chance to, and this is common, you know, when you have guests, especially Ring of Honor, uh, Hall of Pro Football Hall of Famers, uh, where, you know, Dirk Cutter or Jason Light asked them to speak to the to the football team. And that's what Tony was able to do. And it, I don't know if you've ever heard Tony Dungy speak, but um, obviously he's very good on NBC. Um, you know, he's, he's a guy that uh, – uh, is I think his his strength is his economy of words. <laughs> you know, they all sort of have meaning. I mean, um, he's, I tell you what, he's not Gruden now. You know, what I mean, he's not gonna, he's not got the Gruden grinder, man. But but he's very, um, he, you know, he, he's just very to the point and sort of like the way he coached. Um, and, and the things he said uh, to the Bucks football team, I, I think we're really. Uh, uh, sort of the right message and the message that Dirk Cutter has been trying to get across, which is, you know, look, they're up against it. Um, they're not going to have their starting quarterback for three, the first three weeks. Um, you know, that, that is not a small thing in the NFC South, especially with the gauntlet of teams that they are playing. But what Tony wanted to emphasize that, you know, in, in the NFL, no matter what you think of teams' records, even the Cleveland Browns who went 0-16 a year ago uh, have a lot of talent. They're, you know, every team – uh, you know, has talent. It's, and it's not as diverse as you may think it is between the Browns and, say, um, the New England Patriots, even though, you know, we know what they have done with Tom Brady and Belichick and all of that. Um, and, and what he wanted to emphasize, and it's something that Cutter has been talking about, is how, uh, you know, the teams that don't make mistakes, the teams that are disciplined. And that's what Dungy's teams were sort of no, known for, um, but he didn't always have the most disciplined teams. And, and even when he had good teams uh, that won a lot of games, they didn't go necessarily far in the playoffs because they weren't as on it as they needed to be, whereas you know, you know, teams that followed them um, you know, got the details and that the devil was in the details, and that's what he emphasized. Here's, here's what he told me uh, that he spoke to the team about, and it makes a lot of sense when he references both the Bucks teams that he had and his Colts teams, uh, and including one that went on to win the Super Bowl. Talk about what makes a championship team. I know Coach's buzzword has been discipline, and you talked about the difference in championship teams and you know, 0-16 Cleveland Browns talent-wise is that much. The little details, and you talked about the difference between 96 and 97, between 05 and 06, and you know, kind of ended with that, 05 and Indy really team that played 13 games and didn't have a one-score game, um, but we weren't as disciplined and sharp as we needed to be, and when we got in the playoffs, it lost us. The next year's team wasn't as talented, but they ever did things right. Yeah, that's definitely it rubs off. And in evaluating this year's Bucks team, uh, you know, what Tony Dungy sees is what everybody else sees, which is a much-improved defensive line with Bo Allen and Benny Curry and just you know Jason Pierre-Paul, um, you know Noah Spence coming back, so that with the combination of the weapons they have on offense, and, and those are well documented too. Whether it's Mike Evans or O.J. Howard, Cameron Brait, um, Deshaun Jackson, you know Chris Godwin, all those receivers, he really thinks that you can't just assume because they're without Winston they're going to lose those three games. As difficult as they appear on the schedule, we all know. Um, that, you know, things happen. Uh, for example, I think 
there's starting to be a feeling that maybe Carson Wentz won't be ready to play uh, in the Thursday night opener when the, when the Eagles open the season. Now, you could say, well, you know, Nick, Nick Foles was the, was the Super Bowl MVP, so what are they really missing? But it could be different. And, you know, maybe Wentz's first game is, is you know, the Sunday week two at Tampa Bay, and, he's, and he struggles. You just don't know how it's going to fall. And that was sort of the point that Dungey was making, and he said that, um, you know, it could happen that the Bucks lose all three games. But he said, but it just as easily they could be 3-0. and And that's the thing that players have to do is block out the noise, focus in on their coaches and their direction, and they may surprise some people. I'm not as optimistic. I think Tony's always been the glass half full guy, uh, but that's why he was successful. You know, the key that to Tony's teams, which were not always the most talented, particularly on offense. I mean, my goodness, they struggled like crazy pretty much his entire career in Tampa Bay. Um, but he got them to to really, you know, not beat themselves and focus in on the details and, and not let other teams sort of define them. Um, and, and that's, that's sort of the task that's in front of the buck. So, uh, sometimes it's not the message, uh, it's the messenger. And I think, you know, for these young players, um, they got a chance to hear from a guy that has done it as well as anybody. And that's why he's in the, uh, the pro football hall of fame. Meanwhile, the practices, uh, continued and the bucks were indoors for, for half of their practice on Tuesday. Pretty interesting that uh, the Bucks did not use Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, in 11-on-11 um, practice scrimmages and, and red zone and things like that, particularly inside. Um, not a lot of detail about that decision other than they have two joint practices here in Tennessee. Uh, he is 35 years old. I've talked to Ryan uh, about, you know, with him going so often uh, now with the first unit and getting more reps with them. He's taking more reps than he normally would, uh, and because of that, you know, you want to make sure you save his arm. And and right about now is when quarterbacks, a lot of them get sort of a dead arm. I'm not saying Fitzpatrick has that or not, but they want to guard against it. Um, so, again, with two joint practices here in Tennessee, then the game on on Saturday, a good opportunity for the Bucs uh, to have a longer look at Jameis Winston to run with the ones. Um, and, you know, they, they were able to uh, – uh, to get Ryan Griffin more reps. So, um, you know, just just a chance to kind of a maintenance day, if you will, for their quarterback. At least that's that's what it seems to be uh, at this point. Lee, at and this time of camp, you generally – a lot of veterans, you will see them get days like this, not just Days off, yeah. But, mm-hmm. but for the veterans that, that know what they're doing, that, you know, the more wear and tear on, a, on an older, older player's body can, you know, be more detrimental down the stretch of the season. So it's not mm-hmm. uncommon for – for veterans at this time to get a day or two off. And he's right. I mean, they're going to go up to Tennessee and have joint practices, and I think they're expecting to get a lot out of that. So giving a day off beforehand is not surprising to me. Yeah, I mean, when you when you talk, when you add up all the balls they throw, I mean, they, they you know, they throw a lot of individual drills. Um, <clears throat> then all the, you know, the seven-on-sevens and then nine-on-sevens and, you know, right on through uh, practice every day. And when you do that every day for training camp, um, it adds up. And even though they try to split the reps, I remember talking to Brad Johnson years ago, and he was an older, older quarterback. He wasn't 35. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. 
Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, but, you know, he, he, he was at, towards the end of his career and, and he said, he goes, man, I, he goes every year, you know, I, I might, I might throw 1500 balls, you know, in training camp easily. And he goes, you get to the point, you know, after about two weeks where your arm's just dead, you know, it just doesn't have the life that you want it to have. And you just got to shut it down a little bit. So I think they're, they're preventing, you know, Fitzpatrick from overdoing it because where would you be if that happened, right? That would be the doomsday scenario in a sense, even though they like Ryan Griffin. They're not really wanting to start him week one against New Orleans. Um, but Jameis looked really good. Uh, you know, I thought uh, I thought offensively they, they played pretty well. They made some plays, and um, it was a pretty good day, I think, for the offense. And, uh, you know, still they got they got some real injuries on the defensive side, and now it's starting to hit their corners because – Carlton Davis was unable to practice. You know, you still have a guy like Justin Evans that's playing nickel uh, in you know in the slot because Vernon Hargraves is out. You know, they're using Jordan Whitehead, their their rookie at safety with Chris Conte. So a lot of juggling going around, and and you may have that during the season where you got more than one corner out as well, uh, and you want to get your best five defensive backs regardless of where you play them. So Justin Evans is a guy that looks like he can play inside. I mean, he's a physical guy you, if you get him closer to the ball he's going to be more involved in in the action so that's that's sort of what they're doing right now and um you know to be honest to be honest it, he looks pretty good doing it this week in Tennessee again I am here not not many uh if any uh, media members so you want to make sure you check tampabay.com for the latest in uh, in the scrimmage we'll have some videos and lots of posts during the day of course and we'll talk about it here on Sports Day Tampa Bay but Steve, no secret that the, the talk all week, um, and it's inevitable, is going to be Winston versus Mariota. We talked a little bit about this uh, the other night, but um, you know, you're, you're going to have some interesting perspectives, not the least of which is, and I'm looking forward to talking to him, is from John, John Robinson. I mean, John Robinson was the assistant general manager to Jason Light when they drafted, and he did a lot of the background work on Jameis Winston when Lovey Smith drafted him number one overall. And then now John Robinson comes over to the Tennessee Titans as their GM, and now he has Marcus Mariota. He's got the other guy. Do you think he um, had the Bucks take Jameis Winston so he'd have Mariota <laughs> when he got to Tennessee? <laughs> It'd be, you know, that'd be he'd have to have like a lot of foresight to do that. That's like but, Le, that's like LeBron James getting the Lakers to you know trade a bunch of contracts to Cleveland, right? So that when he signs there, they can sign another max contract. You know, it's playing chess instead of checkers. Well, that is playing chess, and that's what Belichick does. And eh, Belichick, we got Mike Vrabel, of course, a Belichick player, and then you got uh, John Robinson, and then Jason Light, another end. A lot of New England connections. So uh, I don't know. The answer is I doubt that. But, oh, I, kidding, uh, but... I, I, I am interested. I am. I know you're kidding. I, I am interested, though, in talking to, to John just to see, um, you know, from the inside what Marcus Mariota is about. My guess is, and, and this is true, you know, you tend to, these guys get labeled, um, and and sometimes they deservedly so, you know, with Jameis, takes too many chance, you know, not doesn't protect the football. Well, we've seen him not protect the football in his NFL career, you know, um, off-field risk, okay? Unfortunately for the Bucs, that came to pass. You know, Mariota, injury-prone, uh, 
He's missed a lot of games, or more than probably he would want to. Uh, you know, can't can't work within the pocket. You know, there's there's been some issues there, perhaps uh, with him escaping and getting hurt. But um, he was supposed to be the more accurate guy, and, and he's had some issues with accuracy. So, um, having said all that, Mariota has uh, you know two playoff games and one playoff win, and Winston does not. So, uh, I I think I'll get a big feel. I think this week being here in Nashville for sort of how the other half lives. I mean, I have to imagine this is a pretty good sports town of late that people are probably really excited about the Tennessee Titans and about Mariota leading them because, you know, it's a division that you can win. I know the Jaguars are in it. Um, they won't be an easy out by any means, but, you know, you still got Andrew Luck coming off an injury with the Colts. Deshaun Watson still a young quarterback with the Texans who could be very, very good. Um, but I, I got to believe, and I've only been here a few hours, that there's going to be some buzz out there at practice, um, you know, about the Titans and about Marcus Mariota. So um, interesting, though, you know, Steve, you remember the first game. I mean, Mariota has the edge on Winston because, I mean, in, obviously in college, he beat him at Oregon when they were in the semifinals of the national championship. And then uh, the first game that Jameis ever played was as – as nightmarish as he could have scripted it. I mean, it was Mariota versus Winston. Mariota that day threw, I think, four or five touchdown passes. Winston's first pass as an NFL quarterback was a pick six, and it got and it got worse from there. Um, so now Mariota, you know, has a playoff win. He comes in here riding some momentum, and Jameis is suspended for three weeks of the season. So pretty interesting juxtaposition between these two quarterbacks right now it really is and you know these two quarterbacks are always going to be tied together because of going one two kind of like you know you always hear Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf comparing Mm -hmm. to granted you know totally different careers as Peyton Manning's one of the all-time greats and Ryan Leaf one of the all-time busts where it looks like you know Jameis and Mariota are going to be at least good NFL quarterbacks for several years um, mm-hmm. So it's not quite the same, but they're always compared together. I mean, you, you, anytime you're mentioning you know drafts or comparisons, those two are compared. Mariota and Winston are always going to be compared because it was, it was a you know it was not a clear cut decision. It was not no, a clear cut decision. It wasn't. No, you know, and it's same with Manning and Leaf. I mean, there was a lot of people that thought Leaf should have been the number one quarterback. Oh yeah, that was not easy. I mean, you know, I think you know Bill Polian will tell you he had it right all the way, but I, I don't know, you know. I, I mean, they made the right choice, but there was an awful lot of people that, that really believe Ryan Leaf was a better quarterback. And, again, off-field stuff, all that came into play with Ryan Leaf as it does a lot of quarterbacks. I would say that both these guys – and I, I thought this when they came out because I, I went to I was in Hawaii and I went to uh, St. Louis High School where uh, Marietta was from and talked to his high school coaches and people from Oregon and all that. It was interesting that, you know, Dirk Cutter, uh, who, you know, became Lovey Smith's – offensive coordinator um, was much more in the camp of Mariota at the time of the draft because he knew Mark Helfrich who had worked for him and Helfrich was the head coach at Oregon so he just knew more about Mariota Um, now I I think that Cutter has gone on record as saying uh, you know how much he enjoys coaching Winston and how talented he is and um, you know I don't think there's really any buyer's remorse necessarily other than the fact that he isn't available. And, I mean, that's that's not a small thing, right? I mean, that's the one thing that people say that they you would never have to worry about Mariota, and you have not. But he's on to his third head coach, 
which is cannot be a good thing for his development. Cannot be a good thing, um, you know, for him uh, mastering an offense. And so we'll see what what Vrabel is able to do, uh, you know, as as a new young head football coach. But well, if this uh, season doesn't go well, Jameis Winston's going to be on his third coach. That's correct. Whether it's in Tampa you Bay or it. another team. Or someplace else. That's right, and that's what that position is all about. I mean that that position. You can be a coach killer, or you can be Belichick, where you know your your career is set. I mean, it's awfully easy, I think, at times to be Sean Payton or Bill Belichick, uh, or you know, uh, one of those guys that uh, you know Pete Carroll. Um, you know, when you've got the guy that you know you you look like a pretty a pretty you know consistent head coach that can win but um but but these two players and and maybe part of it is their performance but regardless you know these two guys have had multiple head coaches now and in the case of Mariota this is his third one so um not an easy thing to do if you're a quarterback meanwhile the Tampa Bay Rays they uh you saw this game Steve they went to New York and uh this is kind of a tough stretch these next few series with the Yankees uh, in Yankee Stadium and then on Boston over the weekend at Fenway Park where they hit it wicked far but the Rays did not hit anything other than what a Willie Adamas home run well off Dylan Batanzas in the eighth inning which that's not a uh, small feat in itself but no uh, was the, basically the only offense they had the whole night um, Hunter Woods struggled a little bit as the opener did give up a run. Jalen Beeks um, struck out six in a row and had a perfect first three innings that he pitched. Uh, then he walked the next batter in his fourth inning of work, which gave up a home six, run after that. Home right? run after that, and it was three yeah. to, three nothing at that point. And yep. the Rays' offense was just lifeless tonight. Um, J.A. Happ pitched really well. Then you had Batances, and you know, once you get to that Yankees A bullpen, it's pretty tough to win. Yeah, it's a six-inning game if you want it. In this case, it was seven innings with one hit. Um, and that's going to happen with the Rays right now. I think you know they're going to struggle more often than not to score a lot of runs, so they're going to have to keep it down and, and out-pitch people. Well, I mean, you know, look, I mean if you look at who they traded, they traded Echeverria, they traded Wilson Ramos, and Tom, right. Tommy Pham's on the DL, Daniel Robertson's out for the season. Tommy Pham um, starting a rehab uh, today uh, for the Rays, so he'll be uh, hopefully back soon up at the big leagues, which will help their offense. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, they, you know, from the trade deadline, they traded some offense and then had a couple injuries after that. And then since then, they just can't really score a lot of runs. Right. And that that's that's just – that's who they're playing with right now. So we'll see if they can get it going in Yankee Stadium. Uh, a lot of guys making their debuts, um, you know, this weekend, both at Yankee Stadium and Fenway Park for the Rays. Also, now we know, finally, uh, the rest of the Chris Archer deal, right? Yes, and all along, uh, both the Pirates general manager and the Rays have kind of said it's going to be a, a well-known player. It's not just a throw-in player. And mm-hmm. it turns out it's Shane Boz, who was the Pirates' number one draft pick in the 2017 draft, who went 12th overall, a pitcher. Um, so it's it's a you know, most people think that just with um, Glass now and Meadows alone, that that was a good enough trade for Chris Archer. But now you throw right. in a young pitcher who's 19. He's going to go. He's playing in the Appalachian League now, so he's still a couple years away from being up at the big league level. Um, but you get another, you know, big-time, you know, number 12 overall draft pick, a big right-handed pitching arm, that just adds more – it's like icing on the cake to that trade. Yeah, and I, I look, these guys are a long way from knowing what their careers are going to be, right? But mm-hmm. – 
Uh, all all outward uh, in in first impressions, notwithstanding. I mean, if they can get three major league players that, that are going to be mm-hmm. plus plus players, I mean that that makes. I mean, remember, Chris Archer's going to be thirty years old, um, mm-hmm. and we don't know what what Archer will do. I mean, changes scenery, changes guys at times, but but I think the I think the Rays got as much value, more value than frankly, Steve. I thought they would get for him more, at the way he was pitching. Yeah, more value and and for a lot longer. Um, yeah, you know, these are all young guys. I mean, I can't wait to see Shane Boz come up and be a middle reliever, right? Following the right. opener, yeah. And he's—you said he was what, nineteen years old? Yeah. Jeez. So yeah, they got control of him for uh, for quite a while. Yeah, no, like I say, it's going to be a few years till he's in the Appalachian League now. So uh, play for the Princeton Rays uh, right now, and then, uh, but yeah, so it'll be a while till he's up here. But you know, just more. Look, I mean, you know, what the Rays are doing is trading those veterans, and they've traded a lot of players um, this year. And, and, and the New York Times even had an interesting article. Uh, it was a column just talking about the opener and everything the Rays have done. And, you know, they're, they're you know, messing up this tanking thing by trying to win. <laughs> well, and, 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 they are. You know, they're very complimentary of it and saying, you know, look, you know, maybe they're reinventing things. And, you know, and the Rays have basically said, look, we don't know if this is going to work long term or not. Although Stu Sternberg today said, look, we don't know if the opener is a good strategy going forward, but we're going to keep doing it for now and we're going to find out. I mean, we're still evaluating it in that, but, you know, we're going to keep doing it because so far it's worked for us. It doesn't mean it's going to work forever or it's, it's the right answer, but they're going to keep trying things. Yeah. And it's, it's the old, you know, necessity is the mother of invention and mm-hmm. all that. And, the, Tom Jones had a column, by the way, you need to check out in the Tampa Bay uh, Times at TampaBay.com about like, okay, this is great. You know, the Rays are exceeding expectations. They're, you know, still a game or so over 500. Um, they have all these young prospects. They're going to have a core together. They could add to it, you know, with free agency, what have you. Hopefully the stadium's built, a lot of momentum, blah, blah, blah. But, oh, wait a minute. It doesn't really matter. Or does it really matter? Because... Look at the youth on the Yankees and their superstars. Look at the youth on the Red Sox who are in, having an historic season uh, in Boston. Those are the two teams you have to beat. You know, you have to find a way to to not only compete against, you know, teams that can outspend you, um, all of that, but now they've, they've got a core of young players from their organization um, that's going to be together and, and continue to win for – as long as the race core is going to be together. So they're going to have to come up with ways to, uh, uh, to compensate for, for some of that because the Red Sox and the Yankees aren't going away, Steve. Let's bring on realignment. Let's go. Let's, let's expand. Baseball said they want to expand I've always some said more. that. Let's bring on two more yep. teams, make it 32, and then let's realign. Uh, whether, uh, whether, you do, whether you do four divisions of eight or eight divisions of four, I think you're more likely in baseball to do four divisions of eight. Four of eight, yeah. but I think you you realign it both geographically and economically. As long as you're yeah, not going to have up. a salary cap, you're not going to split the money up, right? Then you need to realign the teams more in a geographic, and you have to look at the financial part of it too. Yeah, because I mean the the competitive imbalance is enormous. Even though you can argue that there's much more repetitiveness with the Super Bowl champions than they are with World Series champions. Well, you know, uh, yeah, and, and and that's true. But in, in much like in the NBA, where sixty nine percent of the championships have been won by five franchises, is those sports can be controlled by one player more than baseball can. That's true. Yeah, now, basketball particularly more than football. 
But when you mm-hmm. get a quarterback as good as either Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, I mean, you look at the quarterbacks, it's basically who wins Super Bowls anymore. It's, just, it's those guys, yeah. You know, you have to have an extremely good defense to, to not be that. Yeah, I don't know how many Super Bowls, but it's it's more than 10 where, you know, the quarterback's names have been Manning, Roethlisberger, um, you know, Brady. Um, well, I think, you know, I think it's like the last, what, is it 14 or 15 years in the AFC? Brady, Manning, yeah. or... Um, Roethlisberger have been in the AFC champion have been the Super Bowl representative from the AFC except for one Joe Joe Flacco Joe Flacco that's incredible literally incredible but that's but that's the way that's it's like 13 or 14 years I I don't know the exact years but you just they always show it every year in the playoffs the there's the headshots of Manning Brady and Roethlisberger and they're the ones always going to the Super Bowl yeah well, speaking of headshots, you're going to see a lot of those this weekend here in Tennessee. I'm in Nashville all week, right through the game on Saturday night. The joint practice is starting tomorrow morning. Check out TampaBay.com for the latest on that. And, of course, it'll be Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston, both going to be available to talk this week, which will be interesting as well as um, I would imagine I have some time with uh, John Robinson and get his perspective. So um, a lot of uh, a lot of interesting uh, topics, uh, starting with those two quarterbacks um, that I'll bring to you this week. So also want to check in on Sports Day Tampa Bay. And look, we love the interaction. Uh, good response, I guess, Steve, from the uh, the stories about Tony Dungy that we talked about. Yeah, we got lots um, of feedback on that. People really like the stories and hearing kind of how you know the his firing went down and how hiring Parcells and then him backing mm-hmm. out and then eventually getting to Gruden. Um, a lot of people gave us a lot of good feedback on that. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, and and look, this podcast is growing, and, and we're happy uh, that each and every one of you join us. Um, it really means a lot. You know, uh, we're continuing to gain sponsors as well. We'll tell you how to get involved in that in just a minute. But as far as the interaction goes, we want that from you guys. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Tell us what you'd like to hear more of. Uh, we're certainly here to shape this podcast for you uh, to ho- help promote uh, our work in uh, – and, and talk about those things that matter to you. So you can do that by joining us on Twitter, at SportsDayTB. That's at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter, at NFL Stroud, or uh, you can email me um, at rstroud at tampabay.com. And as always, rating and reviewing this podcast really helps us too. Yeah, and you can do that anywhere you get your podcast, whether you're using a third-party app or maybe you're uh, using iTunes or Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, SoundCloud. Just hit the subscribe button. It'll download your mobile device every day automatically. And then if you like it, like the post, or better yet, share it with a friend. That always helps us out. And if you'd like to advertise on the podcast, and we'll have a new advertiser coming on soon we'll tell you about. But mm-hmm. Monica Boyer is our sales manager. She, she will hook you up there. You can reach her at 813-957-0836, 813 813- Nine five seven zero eight three six. Monica Boyer. If you can't remember that, just reach out to Rick or I, and we'll get you hooked up. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, with the Bucks all week. That's where I will be, and we will talk to you tomorrow. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times for Steve Burstink. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.